Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Today is Friday, May 14th, 2021. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts of this purportedly weekly radio program. I am also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Gary Traversa, commanding officer of the COPS Bureau. Good morning, Lieutenant. Morning, Chief. And uh, we're also joined in studio this morning by Cheryl Myra, the executive director of Downtown Pittsfield Incorporated. Good morning. Good morning, Cheryl. Thanks for coming out. Pleasure. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, Lieutenant, let's get a check of the weather, and we'll talk about some news stories, and uh, then we'll get to all things downtown. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area today, sunny. Isolated rain showers this afternoon. Highs around 70. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then clearing. Lows in the lower 40s. West wind around 5 miles per hour in the evening, becoming light and variable. Saturday, sunny. Highs in the lower 70s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. All right, we're back. Lieutenant, I'm pretty excited. I remembered to date stamp the episode, so I'm happy about that. Mission accomplished. The uh, weather is finally taking a turn for the better, so I can dispense with my weekly uh, weather woes disclaimer, <laughs> and uh, we, we can get on to things that are more, more exciting. Um, so a couple quick news items, and uh, you know, we'll gloss over a some of them. I think the big news uh, that took everybody by surprise yesterday is uh, the CDC is is easing up on the mask mandates. Um, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I mean, it, everything's got to kind of, you know, go slowly. But uh, Governor Baker uh, for Massachusetts, and I just heard this morning also Governor Cuomo in New York, you know, slow, right? They're, they're, yes, they're going to adjust it, but not immediate. I can tell you that before I left the station yesterday, I had three people ask me, can we stop wearing masks? And I finally said, I'll have to check with public health. And Gina emailed me or texted me back. She's like, not yet. We have to wait for the Commonwealth guidance. So just be patient. You know, it's, it's there, but be patient. Otherwise related to the COVID-19 pandemic, I think the other big news is, uh, you know, shots in the arms of young people right you know, vaccines approved for uh, 12 to 15 year olds starting to see some some adolescents getting vaccinated which is massive not only for uh school reopenings but just return to normalcy right that's a significant chunk of the population so that's massive in local news two quick stories um significant structure fire yesterday in the city of pittsfield uh on vanida and i didn't go back and take a deep look at the last couple of weeks but it seems like PFD has been busy with structure fires. Normally, you see this rate of fires kind of at the beginning of winter as people are transitioning to heating season and, and you see, you know, more fireplace use or more candle use. But uh, the last couple of weeks, 
they've been very, very busy. Uh, and then beyond structure fires, they've also been very, very busy. I don't think we'll spend too much time on it now. We'll get into it in the second half of the program. But PFD was also involved in uh, assisting us with several other agencies in a significant search and recovery operation earlier this week on Pontusic Lake. We'll get into more of that later in the show. So that's the weather. That's the news. Uh, let's, let's get to our guest and start talking about all things downtown. So welcome back, Cheryl. Thank you. It's and, good and you, to be here. It's good to see you in person. In person, I know. You had an annual meeting this week. Yesterday. And, and you and the lieutenant have been busy uh, trying to select some ambassadors. So yes. I'll let you two talk about what you've been up to. Yeah, we interviewed um, we interviewed a gentleman Tuesday. I don't remember it, all the days. It's all together. getting mashed together, yeah. Um, and um, we were able to offer him a, an ambassador position. So um, the downtown ambassador program, if you're not familiar with it, is... Um, is a partnership between downtown Pittsfield Inc. and the Pittsfield Police Department. Um, we um, hire folks um, who kind of do a, a twofold job. One part of the job is being concierge. The downtown ambassadors walk around in orange t shirts downtown, um, they're a welcoming information sharing resource. They help people find parking and offer assistance um, to, to find directions and wayfinding and provide information on dining and shopping and cultural activities. Um, and they're also our safety on the ground. Um, ambassadors are trained by the Pittsfield Police Department and CPR, public safety protocol, first aid. Um, ambassadors observe, observe street activity and when needed they call for assistance via police radios with which they're equipped um, and we are looking for more ambassadors we have hired three two of whom have come back for their third and second year or fourth and third year um, so it really does this job is um, great for a temporary um, summer job for a student or anybody who's who's looking for a job right now. It starts July 1st and goes through Labor Day and you'll be outside and working alongside a partner and um, walking basically the downtown loop, I guess, the north and south streets between West Housatonic and the Berkshire Medical Center, as well as First and McKay streets. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's a it's a it's a fun job. There are some less fun aspects of it, and that parts of that would be picking up trash, keeping sidewalks clear of debris. But it's a very important part of that job. Do you have pickers? We do have pickers. That that, that makes it easy. Yeah. Plus, there's lots of barrels downtown. There are lots of barrels. I, yeah. mean, I can't I can't remember the um the actual year that we started this current ambassador program it's okay. it's been a long time uh and it's evolved significantly over over that time i do remember the reason that we created it and um you know the the conversation at the time had to do with the fact that we we no longer were able to 
put up a dedicated downtown walking patrol. Um, some merchants remembered when we had the dedicated downtown walking patrol. I actually um, helped assign and train some of the people who were on the previous downtown walking patrol or bike patrol. Um, but that was a completely grant-funded program, and that money went away. And, you know, if you've heard me talk on this on the program before, if you've watched us in budget hearings, one of my things is we should not fund essential operational functions with grant money because the grant money is temporary and then people get disappointed. And so shortly after I became the chief, we were doing a, a call for service analysis and we had to move some resources that had been assigned downtown out to the Allendale area. And that created a perception of a gap in services downtown. Now, downtown is the most highly traveled and policed area in the city. Right? The, the, the patrol officers assigned there and the patrol officers assigned adjacent to there are very busy. But the officers don't necessarily have the time to get out and walk and check in with the storefronts. And so some of the downtown merchants were upset and they wanted dedicated eyes downtown. Um, and so we started exploring different ways, and I think it was actually Mr. Tora from uh, Deirdre's who provided us with an example of a similar program out of Atlanta, and we were able to start exploring that. Originally, the ambassadors were department employees. Um, that presented some challenges just from the way uh, our HR practices work, and then eventually we, we shifted it over. Um, to DPI, but continue to strengthen the partnership. So, you know, our training unit is is happy to spend time with the newly selected ambassadors and provide them the training they need. Um, they're an invaluable resource to us, but they're also an invaluable resource to our community, right? It's, it's part of making our downtown viable and vibrant and fun. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the area, um, you know, some, some things can be tricky. Uh, I know I know that I've watched the ambassadors uh, talk people through the use of the parking kiosks, which may not necessarily be intuitive. <laughs> Very true. Each year, there seems to be something that um, they they specialize in in terms of you know it's kind of situational. You mentioned the kiosks when they came out, Chief. Um, a few years earlier. Uh, there was um, some um, kind of stress on, you know, photographs and social media and having them uh, kind of a little more exposure to downtown. And then last year it was masks. Yeah. Right. They were carrying around masks, masks. Yeah. And uh, gloves. For, yeah. For people. So yeah. this year maybe hopefully a little more normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. Well, I know yeah. that the ambassadors were disappointed last year because there was just so much less traffic downtown right. um so they had a lot less um interaction with with folks um so hopefully that won't be the case this year of course um they also really liked um they started to be called into um events like on the common right um to to kind of be there to be helpful um which i thought was great um but again last year that didn't happen at all um hopefully that'll happen a little bit this year not sure yet i mean that's so the announcement was made this week uh, and i'm sure everybody has heard it it's it's a disappointment to many that we we can't have the fourth of july parade this year mm -hmm. and um you know can't have the fourth of july parade can't effectively do third thursday so there's 
we're still in this thing and it's still having an impact, but we're seeing a dramatic increase in special event permit applications, a dramatic increase. And, you know, one, people are restless, people are a little stir crazy. People are willing to take responsibility for the safety and health protocols. So they're getting creative. And so we may not see our you know, dozen massive downtown events, half dozen massive downtown events. What we're going to see is dozens of smaller events spread out through uh, the downtown footprint. And that's going to be a, a shift for our, our visitors and our residents. And so the ambassadors will be an integral part of making sure that people can find our pocket parks or, you know, people are familiar with some of the less visible uh, cultural amenities or art displays. So... I think the ambassadors are going to be a valuable, valuable addition this year. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so if you are interested in applying or know someone that might be interested in applying, they just need to send a resume and cover letter to info at downtownpittsfield.com by May 28th. And we'll be conducting interviews and hiring as soon as possible. And again, the job starts July 1st. Um, and you get to wear a fancy bright orange T-shirt. <laughs> if you like to walk and, and talk, yes, and you're more on the, uh, you know, the extrovert uh, end of the spectrum, it's a great job for you. Yeah, you're definitely going to get your steps in as a downtown ambassador. <laughs> yeah. No question asked. Absolutely. All right. So what else is going on downtown? So the downtown cleanup is happening on May 21st. That's next Friday, I think. Pittsfield Police Union is going to have a yeah. is going to have a presence. Oh yay. That's great. Have you guys had a team before? No. Oh. Um, it, this so this is something weird. This even when I was active on the on the board uh, and as a like you know voting subcommittee member, this was always something that came up. So we can't we can't make people do it right because that becomes a a, a contractual thing and an overtime thing. And generally speaking, on the day that it's held, the most of the people who said yeah, I'd be willing to do that they were working and so you know we could have granted them release time uh but then we would have we would have generated overtime for the backfill so it just became impossible and uh, there's been a transition in the um, patrol officers union recently but prior to that transition um the previous president uh, officer now sergeant sean garropy uh not only because of the community, the, like the recruiting stuff he's been working on with you, Lieutenant, which we've talked about a lot, but because he stepped up in a community engagement role, he's been just actively looking for ways to get our personnel off duty out in the community uh, for more exposure. Mm -hmm. And so he took charge of this. And, um, you know, because he put out the request, none of that contractual stuff comes into play, right? It's a, it's a request from a member to a member. So... I haven't seen the whole list, but it looks pretty sizable. So I think we're going to have a good turnout. Okay, great. Yeah, we have uh, we have 20 teams signed up so far from the Pittsfield Police Department to Cross Insurance to Be Fair. Um, Linda Dooley has a team. Um, lots and lots of people are going to be out. Um, I don't think it'll be as big as it has been in the past, um, but... I think it's it'll, it's perfect for what we need right now for downtown. It, it's um, it's a little dirty. I I think a lot of our residents who don't live or work downtown 
and you know so they may not come downtown necessarily during the day during the work week they may not be familiar with this right because if if you're trying to transit downtown on the day of the cleanup chances are you're going to see some traffic and you're going to decide to take first street or center street and so you won't necessarily see it and on the days that it happens that i'm in town i love driving around just so like you'll have teams from some of our local financial institutions and the whole team will be in matching t-shirts right they're, they're just trying to outdo one another um and they're you know they're doing all kinds of cool stuff like you find them down at the intersection of of west and center and then they're you know filling their bags of bags and then um and I don't know what you know the health and safety protocols do, but I always found it fabulous when uh, the judges would drive around. Yeah. <laughs> to, to make their decisions, right? Yeah. So we're not, unfortunately, we're not able to do the yeah. award ceremony yeah. this year, um, and we couldn't do it last year either. Um, which is when we give out silly awards. I mean, they're silly, but they're also important to those who win them. Um, like a small and mighty team does a big job, um, like the crushed soda can award, those kinds of awards. So, um, but I think that I forgot what I was going to say. But there are lots. There, I think a lot of people are going to come out in um, in teams, and um, sometimes they try to outdo themselves or try to outdo each other with renting heavy duty equipment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Teams are invited. Um, residents are invited. Everyone's invited to come out and clean downtown. If if it's a nice sunny day, it's an amazing day. Yeah. If if it's a little less, um, if it's a little if it's a little less warm and sunny, then it can be a challenging day. But yeah. Hopefully. The hopefully. Weather report looks good this week. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. All right. So. I, I probably, no, I, I think I would have remembered if I saw this. So you had an election for the annual meeting. Yes. You have new officers and corporators. Yes. So who Actually, the officers are the, remain the same. Okay. But um, we have two new board members, um, and we have four board members who stepped off. So what's the, who stepped off, and what's the new board look like? Um, so I have to do this from memory? Uh, <laughs> so who stepped off? Um, Tim Burke from Milltown Capital. Um, and he actually um, is being replaced with someone else from Milltown Capital, Kathy Penna, um, who's fabulous. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, Gloria Baraldi from Greylock Federal Credit Union um, is no longer on the board. And she is being replaced with Janae Simon from Greylock, um, who's in risk management, I believe. Um, who else? I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. I can see the slide with the names, but I can't think of all the names. I'm sorry. Um, but we do have about 25 board members. Um, and our officers are um, Brandon Holdine from Barrington Stage Company is president of our board. Gary Levante from Berkshire Bank is our chairperson. Um, we have two vice presidents. One is uh, Michelle Butler, who works for David J. Tierney, Inc., and um, Tim O'Donnell, who's at Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. And then David Irwin is our treasurer. Um, he's amazing. I mean, everybody on our executive committee is amazing. Um, 
and um, Lindsay Schmidt from One Brookshire is our clerk. She's also the chair of our marketing committee, and I think Sean, Sean, how do you pronounce his last name? Garapy. Garapy. Um, he just joined the our quality of life committee. Nice. Yeah. So that's actually co-chaired by Kathy Penna and Allison Egan from BRPC. Cool. So did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Sorry, I can't think of the other folks that stepped off. Isn't that ridiculous? No, not really. All right. Um, so. We've, we've talked a lot about like kind of upcoming events with downtown Pittsfield and you, you've been on you know, before, but it's been a while for listeners or viewers who aren't familiar. Can you just talk a little bit about what downtown Pittsfield Inc is yes. and what you do, who your members compose are comprised of? Of course. So downtown Pittsfield Inc is a nonprofit membership organization. So we've been around since 1983. So we're coming up to uh, a 40-year anniversary in 2023. Um, So we are basically a downtown association, so like a chamber of commerce, but not quite. Just a little uh, smaller, and we, um, our members range from nonprofit organizations to service organizations, cultural institutions, restaurants, retailers, Anybody who has an office downtown can be a member. I mean, anybody can be a member. We've got folks like Interprint isn't downtown. Um, General Dynamics isn't downtown. Um, those folks are, you know, Guardian really supports us. They, I, I should say that Guardian is a huge supporter of the ambassador program also. The ambassador program is sponsored by the city of Pittsfield, um, Guardian, and Lee Bank. So we do have a lot of support from outside of downtown because those businesses want downtown to thrive and be a great place for their employees to live um, and go to and um, eat and have a nightlife. And um, so, yeah, so our members range from anybody that you can think of that has a business downtown. and we support them through advocacy and um, anything that they need. We have a um, Heart of the Berkshires gift card program. So at the height of the pandemic in March last year, we started this gift card program that basically we um, people would buy gift cards and we would send the money directly to the business and then the business would send out their own gift card to the person. So that was a little cumbersome, as you might imagine. Um, and after several months of that, we decided to go with um, an existing gift card company called Yifty. And they basically, what it is, is it's a digital gift card. It's a MasterCard. So you can go on our website, buy a gift card. I could buy, if it's Lieutenant Traverse's birthday and I want to get him a $50 gift card to downtown, I go on the website. I it's really really easy it's really intuitive you just fill it out you send him you need his phone number or his email you send him a gift card and then he can spend it anywhere he wants downtown there's 27 participating locations where um, folks can um, spend their gift card money so we get reports that say you know $50 was redeemed at district or $50 was redeemed at Hot Harry's maybe not Hot Harry's but um, not $50 at Hot Harry's but in one shot that's a lot of burritos um team maybe car hardware yeah a team so this i don't know if we had a chance to talk about this the last time you were on the program because that the the 
previous iteration of the of the gift card program or the gift certificate program was so new um and so you know i was excited i get you know obviously at work and at home i get communications from uh downtown pittsfield bank and uh, so i remember receiving a, a request from jesse personally saying you know we're doing this get on board and as luck would have it just um luck of the draw the week that you launched that program i got my tax returns back uh, right so i sat on the couch one night and i was like i'm gonna pick 10 downtown businesses and, and this is what i'm gonna do so i did it and i kind of went into it with the idea that I had no intention of redeeming those cards, right? It was it was kind of like trying to pay it forward. Just, you know, these are businesses that I'm friends with some of the principals, and I wanted them to be okay. And so this spring, I'm not going to name the business because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cause a rush on them or whatever. But this spring, I had the opportunity to patronize one of those businesses for the first time in a year. And uh, the proprietor comes up and says, I, I, I remember that, you know, you have a $50 gift card and without any conversation, just deducted it off the bill. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't want to redeem that. Wow. Right? So he was like, nope, you know, I appreciate you um, doing that. And we're, we're here and we're reopened because of, you know, that program. So, uh, you know, here you go. And, you know, the bill for that night wasn't much more than that. So essentially it was a night out uh, for, for basically free plus the tip. Um, but I, I, so I, I put all of them, as they came in last year, I put all of them in the same like spot in my kitchen. And it would, with the exception of that one, they're all still there. Um, and so I'm, I am looking forward to starting to patronize some of those businesses again. Yeah. It was, um, but I haven't gone on and done the, the virtual one, so I'll have to do that. Well, and the difference is that the way that the gift card worked before was that that money went directly to the business. Mm -hmm. And the business sent out the gift card. The way it works now is it's a redemption model gift card. So the business gets the money when you actually spend, spend the money, when you spend the gift card. Um, so that's a little, I can see it, it could be a little confusing. And you have to use that gift card in, well, you don't have to, but it's better to use it within a year. Um, they'll start sending you reminders and then you get deducted like a 3% charge if you don't use mm -hmm. it in a year. So use it. Is, is there a service fee up front, like for no. a $50 gift card? No, we actually have sponsors okay. um, that helped cover. So Berkshire Bank and um, Jody Tartell were sponsors of that program. So that um, for a while, until that money runs out, it doesn't cost anything. But normally it would cost something on the on the buyer's end. Yeah. So right now, while those sponsors are active, $50 is $50. Right. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you find that, Cheryl? Research, um, we talked to, uh, we did a little online research, and then we talked to other um, chambers across the country that had different programs and the same program. So we wanted to learn about how it worked and um, if they were happy with it, you know, obviously that's a huge piece of it. So when you go on the, when you go on the website, you can see a map of everywhere that it the gift card is um, accepted and then there's a list of uh, everywhere where the gift card is accepted also so and we hope that that grows we hope that businesses see the value in that and want to be participate and accept the gift card as well so this is an outstanding example of services that uh, DPI provides to members um, and in the membership 
as you said, is, is not exclusive and it's, it's fairly expansive. Um, but because of a backbone organization like DPI, you know, our, our downtown is, is increasingly vibrant and there's, um, you know, amazing opportunities for recreation and food and, um, shopping, it, but everywhere, you know, all economies, all, all downtowns struggled last year. And, you know, I, I, I think my, my personal opinion is if it hadn't been for a backbone organization like DPI, many of our businesses would not have been able to, um, be as resilient. And so, you know, I think we've spoken about it in the past, like during, you know, my, so my wife and I, we made a point during the pandemic to try to get out in person as much as we could and either, you know, do curbside pickup and delivery from downtown businesses or even go to the businesses uh, because we're, we were low risk and we wanted to do that. I thought it was important, but there was a couple places that we would really have liked to have patronized that because of some of the restrictions um, for, they didn't have a kitchen, for example, so they couldn't, they couldn't serve food. And if they couldn't serve food, they couldn't open. Uh, and in many parts of the country, those businesses failed, right? They're gone. Um, but in at least one occasion, and I think two, uh, instead they took the time to kind of pivot, right? So I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go to the new expanded Thistle and Mirth, mm. right? Um, and if you haven't been, you know, no free ads, but if you haven't been, you have to go. The, the new second half of the business uh, with the ramen is amazing and and the space you know as far as it's kind of like um gritty little bar feel it's it's still there um but i was speaking with the owner when we went for the first time and he's like you know we we had we had to find a path forward and we had a little bit of time and this is what we did so they expanded into a neighboring space and they changed their model and added some amazing food options and now there's another dining destination downtown and they're opening another restaurant as well. Are they really? Yeah. So the partners, Joe and Austin, are opening a, a restaurant and music venue in the Flavors of Malaysia space. That's awesome. I was afraid that space was going to be closed for, for a lengthy period of time. I miss my friends Chin and Sabrina. Yes. Um, but I'm happy much. to be something going into that yeah. space. It's going to be called the Flat Burger Society. Flat Burger Society. And of course, my question always to Jode is, are you going to have vegetarian food? Are there going to be veggie burgers? <laughs> <laughs> he makes fun of me. But That's pretty cool. That's okay. All right. It's uh, 930, 0930 on a Friday morning. We've got to get another check of the weather and station break. We'll come back in the second half of the show. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, sunny. Isolated rain showers this afternoon. Highs around 70. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then clearing. Lows in the lower 40s. West wind around 5 miles per hour in the evening, becoming light and variable. Saturday, sunny. Highs in the lower 70s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. 
Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Uh, we're in studio this morning. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the City of Pittsfield. I've got Lieutenant Gary Traversa working the soundboard. And we are also joined in studio this morning by Cheryl Meyer, the Executive Director of Downtown Pittsfield Incorporated, who has been talking to us about all things downtown, uh, new happenings, new openings. Um, we were talking before the station break. You shared that uh, the partners in Thistle and Mirth are going to be opening a new venue. That's exciting news. And uh, the spot's coming downtown, too. Yes, right? yes. Um, so, you know, to come through a, a year of a global pandemic and see expansion, that speaks so much to our community and the resiliency of our community. And, you know, there, there have been some losses, and we were sorry to see them go, but there's also been a lot of improvements. Um you know, I, th I think, you know, one of the things I try to do during the holiday season is I, I go for my annual holiday walk and do my last minute stocking stuff for shopping downtown. And uh, so I did that this year. And when I was posting to social media, I made the I made the statement that I was sorry I didn't get to visit uh, my friend Becky at Circa. And she jumped up on my social media. And she's like, you should have called. I'd have come in. Right? And so many downtown businesses did that as well. Right. They just went uh, on call or by appointment only. But they were there throughout it all. Um, and I think that's because of the, the community uh, of our downtown merchants and venues that DPI is kind of at the nexus of. So thank you for coming in and joining us this morning. Uh, thank you for sticking around for the extra four minutes and not sneaking <laughs> out of here during the station break. Cheryl was going to ghost us. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me. No, nobody, we were off the air so you couldn't hear Lieutenant Traversa make a pitch for a gift card for his birthday. That was pathetic, Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl mentioned it. <laughs> I did. It was a pretty good example, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just wanted to stress the timing. We won't put you on the spot and ask you how old you're going to be, Lieutenant. Um, thank you. So, yeah, Cheryl, thanks for coming okay, in. Okay, thank you so much, you guys. We, we look forward to seeing you in the office at some point uh, yes. during your reopening. Yes. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, thank thanks. you. And don't go out that door. Yeah. Okay. Have a good day, everybody. You, you too. too. Thanks, Cheryl. All right, we're back. Uh, Lieutenant, we've got, we've got a lot going on and, and a lot that we could talk about, and I don't even know where we should start. Um, you know what? I do know where we should start. It's, it doesn't feel like it. I said it uh, in a post that I made earlier this week. Um, it's police week. It, it's, it's police week. Uh, and even the, the national observances uh, that normally are held every year during this week in Washington, D.C. have been pushed virtually for the second year in a row or postponed. Um, 
all of the in-person stuff that normally would have happened during, uh, on, you know, on Peace Officer Memorial Day or during National Police Week have been postponed to October. But the virtual candlelight vigil uh, hosted by the Fraternal Order of Police was held in D.C. Uh, last night. Um, and I, after the last f- 16 months, um, I think it's really important that we, we stop and we pause and we reflect um, on the fact that it, it is police week and the reason that 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 week is is marked and memorialized um, by presidential decree and why we try to take time every year uh, locally in, in some fashion um, we weren't able to do our annual services last year I did a virtual uh, prepared remarks I recorded them and posted them I'm not sure if I'm going to do that again this year. Uh, there's There's been so much distraction and so much going on. Uh, it's not that I don't think it's important. I just, I, I feel like I would be reading the same speech again. Um, and so, I, you know, maybe. <laughs> there's only two days left, probably not. Um, but yeah, so the, the week that May 15th falls in is recognized as national, uh, or nas- May 15th is... Um, police officer memorial day and peace officer memorial day and the week is national police week and it's a time to recognize our fallen officers and and the officers who have been killed or died in the line of duty going back to the beginning of the country um and here in the city of pittsfield we recognize uh five five fallen officers three from the pittsfield police department one from the berkshire county sheriff's office and one from the united states secret service Uh, and they are you know held in our hearts and and memorialized on our police memorial outside of our headquarters um but you know it's i'm losing my train of thought here because i it this is an emotional topic um four four american police officers have been killed murdered in the line of duty this week um you know on on average if you look over the course of history we we lose an officer uh you know thereabouts every every 30 hours um to either felonious assault or an accident or you know illness uh, with an access to the line of duty but in the last two years that number that the frequency and the number has been increasing dramatically and it's not it's not an accident, right? The, the increase in violence directed at police officers is a direct result of some of the rhetoric that is occurring about uh, the, the law enforcement profession, police in general, um, you know, community mistrust. And look, I get it, right? I understand there, there is generations and, and, you know, not just decades, but centuries of, of history that needs to be improved upon. But at least in the Commonwealth and here in Pittsfield, we're doing everything we can to try to improve upon that. And are there things that law enforcement in general can do better? Absolutely. And we will try to do better. But nobody should be specifically targeted for violence because of their profession. Um, Nobody. And, you know, we hear people say, well, you know, they knew it was a dangerous job when they signed up for it. Look, we get it. It, It's a high risk job. Nobody objects to being placed in harm's way in the service and protection of others. That's not what we're talking about. 
Uh, we're talking about police officers who are being deliberately baited into ambush attacks or, uh, you know, targeted while they're engaged in service to someone else. Um, it's this is those types of attacks have increased dramatically in the last couple of years. And so the names that are going to be added to the memorial this week, uh, it's it's not business as usual. Um, you know, it's it's kind of frightening the the increase in targeted attacks directed at police officers um you know i it's not that it's never happened before but i think that since we uh we saw the two nypd detectives attacked in their cruiser in in 2015 it's just become more and more common um and so there's there's, there's a lot of names um I'm going to, well, I'm going to make one more point on this, and then, you know, Lieutenant, you can respond a little bit. Um, in addition to the number of officers killed in the line of duty, uh, killed or, um, or died in the line of duty, the number of officers in the last several years that have taken their own life is, is outstripping the number of officers killed in the line of duty. Um, police officers' suicides are up at a dramatic increase. And historically in this country, uh, agencies didn't regard police officer suicides as line of duty deaths, and we have to do better with that. Um, the, the trauma that officers are exposed to as a direct result of their profession it directly contributes to that too, and we need to do better by our people. So, um, you know, for both of those reasons, this year, uh, Police Week is particularly uh, stark and and kind of raw for me there uh you know in, in the last the, the 23 years that i've been working it's uh there there's the sentiment kind of ebbs and flows you know and and i think yes the last year has been um a, among the most alarming in, in terms of the sentiment towards the profession and um you know it's, it's it's dis disconcerting that you can have um, a situation in one corner of the country and and how it reflects on um, you know police the profession throughout the country. Um, you know, you mentioned how we've worked hard here locally. We work, you know, the state of Massachusetts, um, and uh, unfortunately, the. Uh, it's a it's a national climate. Um, it's just, I, I guess, uh, it makes you reflect on you know we, it's it's been a tough year, but it, it, other other areas of the country, other departments have had it even tougher. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, I it, so it it goes beyond the tough year. Like so, and try to. And try to stay diplomatic and tactful, right? I think the the example, though, when I'm talking to community groups, I'm like, look, this this doesn't make any sense, right? So the the Dallas officers that were murdered, right? So a precipitating event occurs somewhere else in the country, and there's going to be anti anti police, you know, protests and public disorder. Okay, it, that's your right. That is your right. And so you know, in Dallas. People assemble to peacefully protest. And the police do what we are duty-bound and sworn to do 
they assemble to protect those protesters, right? Now, the protesters are, are essentially protesting against them, but they're there, duty-bound, to protect them. But as a result of their profession, because they have to be there, they're in a fixed location and readily identifiable. And then a sniper decides to take that opportunity to murder four of them. It, right, it, it's, it's unconscionable, right? If, if you're that angry, you know, get involved in politics, change, you know, work on changing the laws, address the underlying systemic things that may have gotten to that point of frustration. But those four officers were not the cause of that anger, right? They were there, they were there to protect people of a similar belief system. Um, and, and I think that's the part that is lost on much of the public, right? We, we will assemble and protect a peaceful protest regardless of their message. Um, and the fact that while we're there, somebody may then choose to target us, it, it's, it, it's insane in my mind. It's, um, you know, it makes me uh, kind of also reflect on the fact that it, it has been a tough year. However, um, and, and when sentiment is kind of negative, it's, it's, like I said, it's disconcerting, but it also does bring out a lot of support, too. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I try to look at that and, and hold on to that. And um, I, I appreciate that on behalf of myself and, yeah. and my profession. You're absolutely right. Uh, and, you know, thanks and gratitude to the people who do continue to support us. Um, I, I think the frustrating part for me is the the... The anger and the animosity and and the anti rhetoric is is loud and vocal and gets you know a lot of play in many channels, and the support is is quiet and understated. And so, while we know it's there, sometimes it's it's hard to it's hard to remember it for the noise. I, I think a lot of the support doesn't come um, via you know the larger channels it's individual it's one-on-one stuff yeah. it's yep. it's the food that keeps showing up at our desk and yeah you know the the things that are sent to us um but so you talked about the commonwealth and you know things that we're doing and continue to do and have been doing to you know to try to get better it's part of a continuous improvement process and so that it's a interesting it's a opportune way to segue into the other thing that i wanted to mention with the time that we had left um I participated in my first post commission meeting this week. Uh, first official, first, uh, you know, so we, we, we had one small gathering following the swearing in, and then we had one training session where we, um, you know, we, we were together virtually, but because it was a training, it wasn't a posted open meeting. Uh, but we had our first posted open meeting this week. Uh, it was interesting. Um, some very, very, well, first of all, I just want to say how appreciative. I am um, for this opportunity to to serve in a different way for the Commonwealth and how grateful I am for the amazing group of people that uh, the governor and the attorney general and the legislature assembled to to be um, this inaugural post commission. It's you know my fellow commissioners. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to be in their presence. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the other thing is that um, we've had some 
we've had some incredible people from various aspects of, of the legal community and prior government service step up as kind of um, guides or ombudsmen to help us navigate the the initial steps you know simple things like getting those commonwealth email addresses um but you know providing layouts of of timelines and, and just getting the you know, pulling pulling things out of the the massive pages and pages of legislation so that we can focus with some degree of detail uh, two two big things that came out of this initial meeting uh well three big things one is you know that we will be scheduling regular meetings uh, at least monthly, probably more frequently for the um, you know next several months anyway, until we get to some of our upcoming immediate deadlines. The first deadlines are June 30th, so we've got some work to do in the next you know six weeks. Um, so those meetings will be posted on the Commonwealth website. The, the commission does have a, a fairly bare bones uh, homepage on the Commonwealth website now, so you can find the meetings posted there. Um, but the job descriptions for the post commission's executive director and the post commission's general counsel uh, have been created and um, were reviewed and vetted and, and passed on by the commissioners. So those jobs should have been posted yesterday. Uh, very, very tight timelines. Uh, I think it's three weeks for the executive director and five weeks for the general counsel. But those are two critical full-time staff positions that need to be in place to kind of enable us to to do the stuff that we have to do particularly around the crafting of some regulations and so the first set of regulations that we have to come up with has to do with de-escalation and alternatives to use of force for children so that's that's action item number one uh, a lot of conversations after uh, the commission meeting yesterday um, about how how to pull in documentation for existing curriculum so we can start from where we are and, and make regulations uh, prescriptive going forward so a lot of work to be done uh, but really really talented people doing the work um, so more to come on that one of the interesting observations is that there's no definition within the legislation of children there's, there's no definition of what is a child and so, you know, we've got a couple of police officers on the commission. You've got some attorneys on the commission. You've got uh, a doctor and a, um, and a reverend, a, a chaplain on the commission. And uh, it, just really quickly in conversation, there's at least four, possibly five different legal definitions of child in the Commonwealth. Uh, and we have to sort out which one the p police reform legislation references. So that's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, for our viewers and listeners, you have to consider the fact that when dealing with, you know, a, a child, younger person, and, and I'm talking more adolescent, teenage, you don't necessarily know what their age is. It's not like before there's some sort of a use of force scenario, you have a chance to check ID or you, so you're going on on appearance and that can be a challenging thing. It can be a challenging thing. So not only do you not know uh, their age, but one of the other, so one of the uh, commissioners is a detective from Boston. He's assigned to the school unit, uh, uh, you know, specializes in, in uh, youth crimes. And he's like, you know, not only do you, can you not necessarily quickly tell their age, you don't know what else may be going on for them, right? You, you don't know 
because as a police officer, you don't have access to some of the information that, say, a teacher has access to. So you're coming in under-informed compared to some other partners in, in, the, in the sphere, uh, but you have to make very quick decisions. And, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I, I did, like, you know, regular routine operational stuff. But I remember distinctly as a, as a sergeant taking somebody into custody that did not want to go. And, you know, with, as, you know, with my officers and I were like, okay, you know, you're under arrest. And, and you know, it was, it was a struggle. It wasn't like a, a full-on fight and there wasn't any OC used or anything like that. But it was a struggle to get this person handcuffed. And we were under the impression that they were probably, you know, 18 or 19 years old. And when we got them in custody and then we started to, you know, document, he was 15 years old. Right. There, there was no way based on our interaction in the community that we could have told he, he was a big boy, uh, you know, matured early. He was strong. And, uh, you know, we're like, what do you mean he's 15 years old? Because, you know, he presented as a man. So, yeah, it's, it, I think I can't imagine that there's a law enforcement officer out there who's been on for, you know, a couple of years that hasn't dealt with something like that. Well, and you worked in the school for a number of years, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going back to my lived experience as a high school student, right? How many, you know, I'll, I'll say guys, because that, I spent most of my time, you know, with the team and around guys. How many guys enter high school and they look like they're 14 years old and then by the end of their sophomore year, beginning of their junior year they look like men they're, they're growing beards right they've packed on weight they shot up four inches it, it's a fairly common thing right you enter high school you look like a, a kid you hit your junior or senior year you're that that's a dude <laughs> it's just a man right so you know and here's here's the officer safety aspect of that as a school resource officer i knew a lot of the kids personally so there would be students that looked like men that i knew were not right so i had you know the rare times that i need i did need to to use some sort of physical force in my head I, i'm saying i'm dealing with a kid that has the capabilities of, of a man so right. it's it's it, it's a it's a definitely an officer safety thing because i'm maybe going light when i shouldn't because this person could still hurt me. And you have the benefit because you're in the school day in and day out. You know that. You have that knowledge. Right. Patrol officer working the evening shift or midnight shift who's never dealt with that individual before, all they have is their perception at the time. Yeah, right? they have no idea. They, they have no idea. Yep. And like you said, you, it's not like you're you know, in your neutral corners. In this corner from the Pittsfield Police Department, in this corner you know, from this community at 14 years old, it's, you don't have that information. There's no way to get that information. Bruce, Bruce Buffett's not going to read the tale of the tape. <laughs> so um, it, it's going to be a challenge. It is going to be a challenge going forward to figure out, um, you know, like, like I said, the, the detective, the commissioner who is also detective, you know, you may be dealing with a situation in the school and the, the people standing around, you see, something that you described, right? It's the situation's escalating and you're going to have to take some type of action. And there's people standing around, maybe a teacher, maybe a para. Well, they have access to information about that student and about that student's uh, IEP and about that student's background that you don't have access to, right? right? So, and they, but they assume, they assume that you know what they know and you don't know. 
right? So you're making a decision based on the circumstances and the situation that's visible and available to you and you know, you're receiving input on in real time. They've got history and intelligence that you don't have. Uh, and you know, one of his one of his things is we really need to look at making sure at least if officers are going to be assigned around schools that they have access to some of that information. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Lots going on. Lots of changes coming. Yep. All right, we have a couple minutes left. Four. It's. Uh, it, I know it's only been two weeks since I've been. It feels like forever since I've been in studio. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's definitely been forever since we had both Gary's and Darren, right? We're, we're going to have to do, like, a full-team program here shortly. <laughs> I don't know that we've done one since the beginning of the pandemic that we all made it. Um, so I actually did have the opportunity to flag this month, uh, this week's cultural development newsletter. Got Cultural Pittsfield this week. Big things happening. Uh, the farmer's market is back. Spring is here. Sure sign of spring. Farmer's market is back. Um, Roots rising. It's uh, Saturday from 9 to 1. You can check that out in the Cultural Pittsfield newsletter. Uh, A bunch of paint and sips going on this week. I don't know why I'm getting invited to paint and sips, but I am. I'm not sure how I got on that. Um, I I don't paint. I guess somebody else could paint. I'll sip. You could try. Uh, yeah, no, nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Uh, you can't, like we said, no third Thursday. Um, but cultural office of cultural development is not going down without a fight. They won't give up, so they're shifting virtual. They got General Dynamics to get on board, and they're gonna do uh, Camp GD. I'm doing some science experiments. You can go over to the Lichtenstein Center and pick up a kit, and then follow along with the scientists and engineers from GD and do those experiments in real time. Lots of poetry stuff going on. Uh, summer camps are back. Did you go to summer camp as a, as a kid, Lieutenant? Uh, not overnight, but yeah, day camp. Yeah. Man. Yep. I, I, so I went to Boy Scout camp and uh, nature camp, a couple other camps. I loved going to camp as a kid. The only camp I didn't enjoy going to was wrestling camp. That was work. Right. I went to football camp too when I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. That was work. Yeah, that was work, right? If yeah. you if you got to get up earlier at camp than you do when you're on vacation, that's not summer. <laughs> Three a days, miserable. I loved going to camp, but I also loved uh, as a as a youth leader when I you know between high school and college or during college, uh, going to camp as a as an adult. And I recently had a successful businessman, you know, who's out there doing amazing things. But he reached out for me in the office and he was like, uh, Chief, I'm sure you don't remember me, but you were the junior assistant scout master when we did our summer camp at Goose Pond. We did scout camp at Goose Pond one year. And I was like, I, yeah, I remember being at the pond. I'm sorry, I don't remember you. But we've actually had some good um, follow-up conversations since then. Uh, he he remembered because we had this massive game of capture the flag, and uh, I was between uh, the Naval Academy and, and pursuing my commission in the Marine Corps. So I infiltrated the capture the flag game by floating a canoe across Goose Pond uh, un- underneath the canoe. He, he remembered that. I didn't remember that. <laughs> so did I tell you I'm going on camp this year? Are you going on camp this year? I'm going on camp. Yeah. Nice. So I didn't do it as a kid, but I'm going to do it as an adult. You'll have more fun. Yeah. You'll have more fun. 
All right, less than a minute left. Thank you for tuning in this morning to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Tune in next week for another new episode. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the post-commission schedule has been established and I can avoid Friday morning, so I plan on being back here with you. Uh, but until then, you know, enjoy this great weather. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be kind. And uh, we'll see you soon. We're 10-8.